Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Okay, there we go. <laughs> How are you? Yeah. How's your day been so far? Good. A little crazy. You would think that in this pandemic, I would be a little less busy, but <laughs> yes, not too much. Yeah, some people are actually more busy because of the pandemic. So yeah, having to shift and then redirect and redirect with every different mandate is never fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I'm glad to have you here. Well, thank you. I'm excited. Yeah, I listened to a few of the other podcasts, so that was really cool. No problem. I'm glad you like it. Yeah. So I noticed that we have a ton in common. I recently did a, uh interview with uh, Adelaide Willard. You know her? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was one of our participants. She just graduated last year, I believe. Yeah, I did an interview with her earlier this week. That's coming out. Uh, I did one with John already, but the first one was just a rat. So I actually posted one that's already out now about me, like, literally interviewing him and getting into his head. Uh, I've done one with Mark, uh, who's a genius. Like, I feel like <laughs> him... And Vonda are the top two people when it comes to like vocal lessons. Oh yeah, like they're I mean they're amazing, insanely talented. So luckily we yeah able to work with both. So that's I mean I'm glad we've been able to connect. But they yeah they are so talented. Yeah, and then of course Kristen Ravenue. I did one with her and her brother. We go way back. Oh. Like she was yeah, like she was in one of the first uh, productions I. I ever did actually. That's awesome. So, are you a, a Booker T grad or? Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. How are they? Have you like, did you grow up with the Ravenos? I did not grow up with them per se, but we were in a couple of things together. I did their production of Hoka Polka. I was the prince. Okay. So, and then I saw their production of um, Snow Queen. But yeah, they're very, very cool, chill people. I love them. Mr. Raveno is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and their their kids are, oh my God, Christian is super talented as well as Jonathan. And uh, it was fun catching up because I haven't like, mind you, I haven't talked to these people in like years, like since Vine was a thing. Oh. And I just thought I'd, you know, catch up with them. And me and Christian literally talked for like, I want to say two hours straight, just about like, you know, catching up and stuff. And then Jonathan is a, you know, he dedicated his life to God and he's like a pastor. Now I actually have to redo his interview because I interviewed him as an artist and he's not that person anymore. Mm -hmm. So I was very ill prepared and I'm like, I got to bring you back and do it all over again the right way. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. I had no idea that he went in that direction. That's awesome. Yeah, he's a pastor of the church now making uh making a gospel music and he has an amazing voice. Mm, yeah, that's I mean, yeah. I knew he was into music, but I didn't know he was yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So what do you uh what do you do? Do you act? Do you sing? So I used to, in the arts world, I mean, I grew up acting and um, dancing. Singing is subjective. <laughs> uh, I'm not a trained singer, but um, by trade, 
an actor and a dancer. And then I used to do a lot of Dallas theater. Um, probably the last show I did was 2014. Uh, Zoot Suit um, over at the Latino Cultural Center. And uh, yeah, and then I also do, I am represented by the Campbell Agency. So I do a lot of voiceover, commercial work. Yeah, I hear that's a pretty Campbell, uh, Kim and McAllister are like the top three agencies I hear about. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I'm, I mean, I've been with them since uh what 2006 so mm -hmm. i've loved love all my campbell folks nancy campbell's awesome <laughs> congratulations if anything uh how did you get like say for instance if one of our listeners because my crowd is mostly theater kids anyways uh -huh. so say for instance if uh, somebody wanted to go to Campbell, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, so, you know, getting into the agency world um, can seem super daunting, especially for a young artist. But um, I think as long as you get your ducks in a row and you're organized, the more prepared you are, the more professional you'll look. So you'll have a leg up, right? So these young, young artists who want to do that, um, ideally, it's researching all of the different agencies in the city. Um, what I did, because I think I wanted to join an agency right after college, which would have been 06. Um, and so my preparation is I looked at all of the different agencies, the people that I knew at each agency to see if anyone could give me a referral if I was close to any of them. Um, and then, you know, prepare a cover letter. I don't know how the submission process is now, um, but but if you visit each website, they'll tell you exactly how you should submit materials. And, you know, post-COVID world or in a COVID world, I don't know what yeah. that looks like, right? Yeah, so I think it's going on there, seeing what the submission instructions are. Um, typically, back then, they would bring you in and do the interview process that way. So you'd audition with copy and you know whatever their process was um some people were just you know a very informal interview um i would look at the the talent that they currently are representing um if there's someone especially for students of color if they don't have your look um you know demographic type um you know i would really push that on my cover letter i definitely said i was bilingual you know i'm a dallas native um you know, a young lady of, you know, has, I think I was like as a Latina, you know, things like that. So I would push that because if they're not representing someone who looks like you, they're more than likely looking for someone like that. So. Yeah, most definitely. Most mm -hmm. definitely. Now, what inspires you as an artist? Yeah, as an artist, you know, I. It's funny because I don't get to do the craft as much as I like to anymore, but as an executive director for an arts organization um, and as a producer, I still feel that I'm, you know, in the world, in the industry all the time, yeah. right? But um, what inspires me is the ability to create create or evoke emotion, if that makes sense. So with any piece of art that I produce or that I'm involved in, I want to make sure that there's a depth and a, a big breath to that, you know, um, uh, and that I 
whatever I'm selecting has an impact on some part of like our ecosystem. So I think inspiration for me comes from that thing that is like, okay, how, what is the conversation piece? Is there an objective to making an impact in anything that I do artistically? Mm -hmm. And I believe that one heartedly, like I'm sure you've heard me talk about this all the time, but I believe that's what art is supposed to do. Provoke emotion. You know, like you're never supposed to uh, like you're never supposed to look at a movie or listen to a song or even see a painting and feel the same way before you looked at it. Oh. You know, I feel it's supposed to move you like, say, for instance, when I was when I went to go see Kingsman uh, Secret Service, by the time I left, I was ready for any ninja <laughs> that I wanted to fight a bunch of ninjas after that. And that's beautiful. And I believe that's what art is supposed to do. Change people, be a distraction. If you feel sad, like one movie, um, that's a good uh, uh, example of that. Have you seen Eurovision? I have not seen Eurovision, but I've, I mean, I've seen the little previews of it or like on, on yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I'm giving you homework. <laughs> after this podcast, I want you to watch Eurovision. It's like, one of the best it's definitely the movie of the year inching to one of my favorite movies like it's definitely a feel-good movie like I cannot watch that no matter what mood I'm in if I watch that I'm going to feel good after you know and it's really funny of course it has Will Ferrell mm -hmm. Rachel Adams Demi Lovato like it is such a good that's movie. awesome that's good a good piece of homework I'm definitely because I saw it I was like I just haven't had time which is funny because right now we have time, right? <laughs> so, oh, that's good. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm exactly like you. Any piece of art should start a conversation, whether you like it, you hate it, you don't know how to feel about it, you know, so. Yeah. Now, um, where were you the moment you decided, I want to be an actor and producer? Where were you when you were like, okay, that's what I want to do? So two different points of my life. Um, as an actor, I was in the seventh grade. Um, I had a wonderful theater teacher um, who just really defined what the theatrical world was and what it could be for a young artist growing up. Um, and I knew back then, uh, Miss Rebecca Stevens um, over at Gaston Middle School. So I'm a Dallas native. So shout out to the Gaston. I don't know what their mascot is now because I think they've changed. But shout out Gaston. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so I, I it was at that point that I thought, okay, I want to do this professionally. Um, and I want to have a career in this world somehow, you know, and then, of course, you know, even up until upon graduation of like uh, North Texas, I, I want I also love social justice issues. So I was like, I want to be a lawyer, but I still want to be like a high profile actor. I have no idea which, you know, and so then I was like, well, I'll take a year off and do uh, work in the nonprofit uh, industry. Um, but I can still that allows me to do theater at night. Um, it allows me to have representation by the Campbell Agency, um, you know, and, and then hopefully a year from then um, I was uh, going to go to law school um you know and then like my voiceover career sort of like 
expanded and you know I really started doing more theater in the Dallas area um and then in 2015 so that's sort of like the actor route right um mm -hmm. Then in 2015, there was actually in 2014, there was a leadership change in the company that I work for now. I was their previous program director at the time, and the executive director position became open. And eventually, um, I was I was hired on as the interim executive director for a, a few months. Um, and what I discovered was is that I had an opportunity to really um, create theater from the lens of the younger generation. And I had an opportunity to create a season. Prior to that, we were only doing, uh, producing, Junior Players was producing a Shakespeare production out at St. Grand Amphitheater. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and we were, we worked closely with uh, Shakespeare Dallas. But since they gave me, you know, the reins, I said, great, let me see if I can expand this and create a season. So I did. Um, and then we produced our first ever winter musical. We produced in the Heights in 2015. We produced um, our first dance production titled The Transformation Project, um, you know, because of my affinity for dance. Um, and then um, we started the conversation with a co-collaboration with the University of Texas at Dallas. So, um, you know, and then we continued our partnership and expanded it uh, and invited Dallas ISD with Pup Fest. So co-collaboration with Kitchen Dog Theater, Junior Players, and then invited um, the Dallas Independent School District district. So I think we were able to really, really grow, you know, grow the season. Um, and I don't know, it just, I think that's where I found my love of producing. Yeah, I love that. And I love to see women in charge too, you know, <laughs> it makes me feel all tingly. Inside, <laughs> you know? That's awesome. No, and I had great, you know, I had great mentors that helped me along the way. And there were a lot of great arts leaders that were very supported, uh, supportive of me in this position. And then, you know, because I, you know, prior to that, I, you know, I, I was sort of like assistant executive producing, but not, not to that level. So I definitely had a one, a lot of wonderful mentors who allowed me to see their work and I got to take bits and pieces of what I've loved about each and every one of them. And a lot of them were very strong women. So shout out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Now, let me ask you this. Who's your top three singers of all time? Ooh, singers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> let me think. I mean, I'm going to go with the obvious because I literally, like, watched her growing up um, until her passing, um, Selena. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Legendary. Legendary queen. I know that there's a musical out now, and I'm like, I may be auditing it and seeing how, if and when we get to produce again. That may be something in, in my pipeline. Um, Has the uh, TV series came out already? Because I know there is a TV series with, uh, I forget the actress name, but I grew up watching her on Nasty Classified, so I felt like, oh, you know, my homegirl got the role, but she looks exactly like Selena, body shape and everything. And I heard it's going to be on Netflix, but I don't know if it's out already. That's crazy. I had no idea there was a TV series that you, you're giving me more homework. That's crazy. Yeah. I have no idea, but now I'm going to go look that up. 
Yeah, definitely look that up. That's insane. Um, oh my gosh, I'm excited. <laughs> um, who else? Um, Leslie Odom, right? Um, Junior, I think, is a great, great singer. I mean, but I also love his acting, so. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, who else? Um, singers, singers. I'm going to say... You know, this is funny because I am like, um, I'm a Rihanna fan. <laughs> mm, I think I think we all are. I think we all are. Uh -huh. We're just waiting for her album. That's all. Yeah, I know. When is it coming? She <laughs> <laughs> said it was coming sooner than we think. So at least she's like commenting on it and not trolling us because I remember one time somebody was like you know what keep the album and then she was like see this guy right here that's why it's not out <laughs> you know and then um last year she was she posted the cat with headphones and she was like me listening to my a new album knowing good and well I'm not ready to release it that's hilarious yeah I saw that I was, I was just like really come on <laughs> <laughs> like all of the pandemic, so come on, <laughs> we're ready. <Yeah. laughs> Definitely. So that's uh, was that three? Yeah, that was three. Oh wow, you're now. You know, I'm used to. I'm so used to because most people have a hard time naming. So I'm so used to people like, um, let's see. <laughs> I didn't even know it was three. That was that was fast. Um, okay. Top three songs. Oh, let's see. Top three songs. Um, <laughs> that one I'm gonna have to think on. I know. Uh, 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 um, you know, I am a JT Timberlake fan, so I'm gonna say. I'm sorry, but I'm gonna stick to a little bit of my pop stuff. Um, bringing sexy back. <laughs> no, <it's not>. yeah. <laughs> but um. So we go there and let's see old school let's see what are some <laughs> try to think give me a sec give me a sec i'm trying to think my jack johnson songs um i like upside down yeah. that's my favorite yeah i like i like mm -hmm. that uh-huh yeah We'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite Rihanna song? Well, Umbrella's going to be your, you know, but try to see. Yeah. Um, oh God. Uh, let me think. Let me think. Because I've got to have. Um, you know what? No. Love on the Brain. It's got to be a good Rihanna one. Yeah. That's a good one. I love singing that one, too. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. no. <laughs> now, now I'm looking on your I was looking at your photos and I noticed there was like a Cheshire Cat uh, well, is that a Cheshire Cat violin or a cello over there I think so I don't, so I think that was in Vegas I'm a huge it's funny one of my vices is gambling like going to like Vegas and go hitting the which I don't look like I love that but then I'll also like venture off because there's a lot of like art stuff to do but that was in vegas actually <laughs> wow because i'm a huge alice in wonderland fan. are you yeah favorite book ever and that definitely caught my eye i was like ooh, yeah i wonder what this was about but yeah i'm i've never been to a casino in my life 
I I definitely have to build a one. It's on my bucket list. I just didn't see anything fun because I've done things similar to gambling, uh-huh. and I and I didn't really think it was all that fun. <laughs> but I'm definitely gonna try to give it a try just to say I went. You know, what are some of your? Uh, do you prefer Windstar or what are some of your? Do you prefer Las Vegas? I prefer like the Vegas vibe, right? Like, but I'm really like a um uh like craps like the dice game which is funny um and really i think it's more so for the entertainment right like i think like i just like people watching and i like it's just kind of like a good everybody comes to the table and all of that but i always when i go to a town that has a casino i'll definitely try and like just see what it's what it, what it's all about there was one in puerto rico where they give you food at the table and i was like "Ooh, this is a cool perk <laughs> it was weird but it was weird watching like dudes like sip on soup and stuff like that i'm like what's happening i don't know where i am um but going back to alice in wonderland that's crazy like i'm so um did you i actually played alice well i did alicia and wonder theater which like was an adaptation of that um like a, a bilingual one we did it over at dallas children's and with um Caramia theater but that was years ago so that was crazy so i played alice the bilingual version of that <laughs> nice have you seen the show uh-huh yep Alice in Wonderland, the musical. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, that was something we that was in my pipeline a long time ago, but we haven't had like the opportunity, the right director and all of that stuff, you know, and and in the right season. But I, I definitely have looked at that show to see if that's something we could produce in junior players. Yeah, I also like um, James and the Giant Peach, the musical, because I, I didn't even know it was a musical. I was just certain musical, because sometimes I like to call myself a connoisseur, mm-hmm. and so I was like musical surfing, and I was like, oh, it's a musical. It's nothing like the movie, though. Yeah. But it, it's really good, though. I think you should check it out. Do you know the show She Loves Me? Mm-mm. Yeah, it, that's like classical musical theater right there. It's definitely... One of my favorite ones, though. That's awesome. I'm going to look. Yeah, I had no idea um, James and the Giant Peach was also a musical. That's crazy. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there that, right, that has been converted into musicals. And sometimes they're great. And sometimes you're like, oh, it was better left alone in the original art form. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Who are your top three actors of all time? It could be guys, girls, or both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... I'm going to say these are going to be a little bit weird, right? Um, so not weird, but um, uh, uh, Robin Williams is definitely, you know, may he rest in peace, but he was, he is really my favorite. Um, how is that? How is that weird? Like he's a good, he's a good at like his range is incredible i think he's gonna be weird because i I usually like my top favorites are always triple threats right like and or they're just so amazing and the two different i mean you know um what dreams may come was like is probably one of my top five movies Um, yeah and so yeah robin williams oh my god just genius his range is amazing. Like I feel like he, him, and Jack Nicholson mm-hmm. have the same acting style. Like they're them, but depending, like say for instance, Goodwill Hunting, I feel like he was Robin out of one. You know, in Patch Adams, he was like Robin out of five. Uh-huh. You know? Oh my gosh! Oh, I miss him. <laughs> what a life! What a life! Um, 
uh, who else? Who else? Um, Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, yeah. Legendary. Did you like the Joker? I did, actually. I think it was kind of, you know, and it, I know some people were a little upset about, you know, like, eh, did it really fall into the comic book world or was it, did it stray too far from it? Um, but I loved that it brought such a raw way to look at mental health issues, right? Um, because, I mean, at the end of the, the day, I was like, this is, this does happen, right? To a lot, a lot of people are misunderstood because, you know, they, they're in this world, in this realm. So, I, I mean, he did a phenomenal job and I think he's barely at his peak, right? I mean, he's, he's going to be winning Oscars left and right for years and years and years to come. Um, let's see. And that's one, two. <laughs> let's see. Um, who else? Um, trying to think. Um, let me look, let me think. Who else? Who else? Who else? Because I have a lot. Um, you said two guys. Yeah, that, that. That's what I'm trying to think of. Like, female, <laughs> like, you know, um, Natalie Portman is always up there. Uh, oh my God. I feel like uh, Natalie Portman is like the perfect girl mm -hmm. for me. You know what I mean? Like, I have a total crush on her. <laughs> I mean, she's just insanely talented. Like, I mean, yeah. So she is just great so i yeah i think he's probably i'm trying to think you know from like black swan to like uh Did, you, you know natalie portman and kira knightley were, uh, were each other's stunt doubles right no i didn't yeah uh, i think it was kira knightley i was uh she's another beautiful beautiful woman yeah. but uh I was looking at an interview she did, and she was like, we would always audition for the same role as kids, <laughs> and either I would get the role and she would get the part of my stunt double, or she would get the role and I would be her stunt double, and I thought that was amazing. That is awesome. Like, at least you know, right? Because we, I mean, that does exist, right? Like, even in the theater world, you know that, like, you, there's always that one person you're like, okay, you're probably going to get this, or, oh, it's your turn, or, you know, they're looking for one, because I definitely have had that. Like, I go into, you know, audition rooms and go, and even, like, your opposites, sometimes you're, it's funny, I have um, a specific you know, like a fake husband that when we see each other at auditions, we're like, oh my gosh, I hope we get to go together. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's funny you mentioned that because that's actually, uh, I studied at Colin and my teacher actually uh, told us about that. He was like, if you're at an audition and say, for instance, you're auditioning for Sweeney Todd mm -hmm. or um, you're auditioning for the two uh, heathens in Les Biz. I forget their names, you know, master of the house. But um, <laughs> he would always tell me, if you have chemistry with somebody that you meet in an audition, stand next to them mm -hmm. so the director can notice it, too. You know what I mean? It's true. It works. Chemistry looks like, I mean, it, I mean, that's what happened. If you, especially chemistry, that's, what's the most important, right? You identify that with a fellow um, colleague, keep that up, hope that you do it on purpose, you know, <laughs> make sure you get paired up. So. Definitely. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Bing bows.
That was three. Okay. Three top three movies. Ooh, well, I told you my one. Yeah. <laughs> um, just artistically, like, if I get to ever, you know, I don't know that I'll ever switch in, into that world. I mean, if I'm so lucky, that would be awesome, like, to produce on the in the film um, industry. That would be awesome. Like, I'd want to create something like that um, and, you know, I mean, support something like that. Um, what else? Um did I watch? I watched, oh God, what was it? Um, Inception. I have yet to see that movie. What? Okay, like, have you ever saw a movie that's good? Because my favorite movie is Sucker Punch. And I know... Yeah, and I know it's not my top favorite. My top favorite is Mean Girls, but it's definitely in my top three. And a lot of people, um, you know, compare the two. And have there ever been a movie out that you always wanted to see, but you just never got around to it for whatever reason, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like that. Like, I, I want to see the movie. I'm excited about the movie. I just never had the right opportunity i was always either watching something else or doing something else but one day that's on my list i'm re-watching uh eurovision and i'm re-watching pan's labyrinth but as soon as i'm done with those i'm gonna watch that oh my gosh that's awesome yeah, yeah. Well, put it on your list because it is fa- it's one of my favorites so that's your homework <laughs> yeah definitely um and then third uh, Oh my gosh, I'm trying to think. I can't think of the name of the movie, which it should come to me, right? But um, who's in it? It's uh, like, oh my god, it's about the do- it's it's the racer with like the dog, like he it's like the best friend, and then the dog passes away eventually. And probably spoiler alert, but it's also old. Um. Uh, if I can't think of it, it's not my favorite. Um, right. <laughs> um, I'm going to go because I am a Joaquin Phoenix fan with um, The Gladiator. Yeah. Between that and Joker, like, yeah, both Gladiator I loved because I, you know, um, Russell Crowe and um, I just, I don't know. I loved like that entire movie, I think. That's, I mean, even that little bit part that he played, um, Joaquin Phoenix, I was like, yes, like, I love this. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the audition process? Mm. As far as um, theater goes, as far as theater goes, I'm going to give you two perspectives. One from being um, on the casting side, right, mm-hmm. um, and then as the actor. So, as the actor, I hate the audition process. <laughs> I I am. You know, sometimes you go in there because, and the reason I particularly like dislike it is because sometimes I have to audition with some of the folks that I work with and create art with, right? So it's a little weird to be, to audition for your friends, but it's the name of the game and it's, a, I like that it's a fair process that way, right? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm used to it. I'm used to it. <laughs> I bet you are because, yeah, so I, I was going to ask you a little bit about like what you're currently doing, but um, we'll get to that in a second. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I am... Um, as an actor, sometimes it's a little weird because 
again, those are some of your best friends on the other side of the casting table. Um, and you have to just adhere to the normalcy of the process and all of that. Um, and sometimes, you know, um, it can be a little bit more nerve wracking. Um, and I will say that when, when, as, especially for the young actors out there auditioning, make sure you are prepared. Um, make sure that whatever you're selecting, because um, I remember some of the, the the young novice things that I used to do were, you know, like I came in once and I had a, a Hamlet monologue, which, or no, an Othello monologue, which I'm, you know, a young little petite girl back then in my young 20s. And like, Thank I was you. like, why did I decide to do that when I could have done, <laughs> you know, something, you know, that was more suited to, to my, to my strengths, right. Than rather than like wow them with this thing. And then it was just kind of weird and awkward. Um, but um, yeah, I say come prepared, make sure that you have, you know, a few things in your back pocket just in case um, the directors and or choreographers ask you to do something different. Because um, they will. And they will. Um, and then also, you know, don't take it so seriously that you are so petrified that you can't even think about why you're doing this in the first place. Right. So um, make sure that you have prepared, you know, and you're going into the audition room. Um, take a look at what the asks are for every audition, because and I always say um, it's different, right, for the theater world. And then when you're going into the commercial auditions and stuff, do what the directors ask of you, right? So if it's coming in and slating your name and your uh, name only, um, don't go in there trying to start a conversation for five, 10 minutes and tell them about everything you're currently doing, you know, really, because they're seeing 75 other people just like you. When I, when I see actors follow directions, I'm like, yes, thank you. <laughs> like, yeah. You made my life so much easier, right? Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, that's from the actor perspective. Yeah. From the and, and, and I just want to piggyback on what you said. Uh, sometimes like they'll be, they will try you to see mm -hmm. if you can follow instructions. And I uh, have a friend who's a casting director and I asked her, I was like, okay, spill the tea. Um, <laughs> you know, what does it like, what do you guys look for? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you've heard this word before, but she said, I, we look for ease. We look for the aura, the vibe, you know, like, I feel like, me personally, when you are auditioning, having a good audition is just 1%. I don't think it's the whole. I feel like if you go into audition cold, nervous, with, you know, a bad attitude, kind of stuck up and cocky, uh, they would rather cast somebody that stumbled over every word but had charisma, had a good personality, listened to directions, was you know, respectful and, and like in Brian Cranston's book, he said, I like to think of the audition process as like a birthday party and your audition is your gift. You know, like if I gave you a bottle of wine, you know, I'm not going to expect anything back and I'm sure not going to care if you wait 20 years before you open it or take it back to the restore with your receipt and get your money back for it. Cause my job was to give you the gift. If you use it, great. If you're not, I'll move on to the next part. Right. You know? And I agree. Oh, that's a beautiful way of putting it. Yeah. I actually have told that to some young artists is if this is the last time that you get to perform, right. Make it yours, but you're also giving something 
to those watching you, right? So leave it there. Like imagine that every audition is the last time that you get to perform because you never know when you're going to shift careers, when, you know, life changes are going to happen, things like that. So um, that's how you exactly how you want to approach it, you know, just to say, this is me. This is the talent that I brought today. And I hope that you enjoy and or there's some sort of conversation piece from it. Exactly. Now, from the producer side. Ah, from the producer side, um, the audition process is key, right? And from we are looking, I mean, that is the one thing I'm looking for is did they follow direction? And are they prepared? Um, I agree with you as I would, from the casting side, I want to work with folks who um, are willing to work as a team, right? So that they're not, they're not selfish in giving. They're also, they're good listeners. Um, and so because when you're producing a show, it's not about one person. Sure, there are leads, right? But some of the most magical shows um, are created by just an ensemble who's willing to listen and give and, you know, create a piece of work that will be memorable versus a, a moment of time for themselves, if that makes sense. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm looking for folks who work well in teams, who listen, who are on time. Um, and then, yeah, and like you said, talent is a plus, right? But for me, it's like, ooh, can I help you as artists and as a, as casting and from a casting perspective on my end, um, the director is going to guide you, and it's their job to bring the best out of you. So I know that folks are human; they may have a bad day, and that may not have been their best audition. But man, it's sure if they try, you know, we can see, we can always see, like, okay, we're willing, we can shape what they have currently. Yeah, you know, like you, you guys as as directors and producers, like you, you you can teach them. We'll get the lines, you know, right. in rehearsal. You know, that's not what it's all about. And like uh, I also, it also helps me to know. And I truly believe that if you audition for something and you don't get it, it just wasn't for you. Because I I've auditioned for a lot of stuff that wasn't for me and I didn't get it. And I've auditioned, I feel like I've never gotten a role that wasn't for me. And I've never like not gotten a role that was for me, you know, like say for example, um, you could not get the role because of any reason you could be, you know, too tall or too short. Mm -hmm. Cause as a producer, when you're casting, you're not just looking at them. You're looking at the whole picture. How can they, if they get the part work in this situation, work with this cast, maybe you're taller than everyone or shorter than everyone. You know what I mean? I agree. I mean, yes. And that's what people, actors, um, you know, and dancers and artists have to understand is that it's not all about the talent. It there Sometimes it does come down to your age, the demographic, you know, different uh, gritty, you know, nitty gritty details. We get very granular sometimes because we're like, they're both equally talented, right? But 
these two just happen to look more like a family. And sometimes we're, we're not looking for that. We're like, we don't care if you look alike or you look like you're supposed to be in a traditional family, right? And so sometimes it de depends on the concept, right? Um, so it's not, there's a lot of things that are out of the actor's control. That's why, I mean, that's why I say have fun and just walk out of the audition going, hey, I did what I came to do today. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I'm so proud of us as artists. You know, I'm proud of you for working hard because, I mean, during Corona, we still found a way, you know, to create, like, there's quarantine cabaret <laughs> that, like, it started out with, like, 10, now 50, now there's, like, a billion people in it now. And, uh, you know, people are doing uh, tribute shows on Zoom. People are doing like uh, whole read-throughs of musicals and shows, you know, on Zoom. They're doing uh, live concerts. So I think that's really cool. Oh, I think it's it's amazing how we've, you know, how we've managed to survive during this time. I know, you know, especially Dallas, um, you know, the nonprofit um, Dallas arts ecosystem is just, you know, we've suffered so much like a big financial loss right and so so many folks have lost their jobs have been furloughed laid off individual independent artists from production teams to the, those working on the stage um but there is still that heart and soul in us that want that really drives us to produce and say okay we are creative how else can we you know put art on this earth right um you know the stage looks a little different but we're still going to try to manage through this. I know um, I applaud um, Prism's recent um, show that they did. I haven't seen it. I mean, I've seen like glimpses of it. I didn't, I didn't actually get to go. Um, but yeah, I've heard nothing but great things about the Prism show that took place out at the parking mm -hmm. lot, right? Um, and yeah. I know we, as junior players, we moved one of our productions um, to a virtual landscape right so we produced it on zoom and we had yeah. many wonderful patrons attend via zoom that was really cool so yeah we exactly <laughs> and, and and like the other three they're actually mm -hmm. taking a play out of hamlet's book and they're recording their show and you can watch it online as well yep. so yeah shout out to my friend jeff schmidt <laughs> and christy Bela over there so yeah they're do i mean it's crazy how we're like how can we continue you know to produce this work i mean and and that's the thing is we've got to stick together because there are more policies that we have to create with less funds and all of these things but you know i hope that the dallas arts world does not stop producing this wonderful art that really it just says hey how else can we create and how can we be these incredible thinkers um, and show that entertainment and art is important? Because I mean, what's kept people sane during this time? People are reading books, people are yeah. watching all of these shows, right? So. Yeah, that's why I don't understand artists. Like most singers and actors or, and producers are scared to, you know, and I was actually in a meeting uh, earlier this week 
uh, talking about that, you know, like so many producers and theater people and singers are scared to push their content. And I was like, now is the perfect time. You literally have the whole world hostage. We're at home, nothing to do. Of course, we want to listen to your new album or your new song or watch your new movie. You know what I mean? Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I, I encourage that because right now you, you're correct. We are quarantined and need things to do and see. And, you know, right now what people don't understand is that the art sector, um, which is made up of like small businesses and individuals are, they play such an instrumental role in the city's economy. So right now they're paying attention, right? Now's the time where they're going, okay, we need to slash budgets and things like that. So what, so the more art we're producing, um, those are key engagement points that we need um, to make a strong case for arts funding in the city of Dallas. So I encourage all of the individual artists to keep, keep producing, keep showing us why it's important so that we have something to, you know, to, to fight for. Exactly. Now, what advice, uh, I want two of these now, what advice as a, would you give somebody as an actor and if they wanted to be a producer, what advice would you give them? Okay. Um, so one of, one of my mantras is the answer is not no, it's just not now. Right. Um, so, and I've really had to, it's, I mean, I've, I've heard this over and over and a lot of people that really, truly know me and that work closely with me, not just in the arts world are like, she does not understand the word no, it's just not in her vocabulary. <laughs> you know, um, from the fundraising aspect to, um, you know, as an actor trying to, to get those those roles that I've always coveted, um, you know, I and, and to get and reach my objective. So there, you know, they say there's a lot of, when the door closes, one will open. I totally believe that, but I don't believe that it's left, right? Like I'm, for me, it's just like, okay, maybe it's not right now, but if this is something truly that you want, then it's, it's still on the table. You've just got to either figure out how to re-strategize and how to get there. Um, or it's going to come later down the road. Um, and time and time again, I've seen that happen in my life. So I say, it's not, no, it's just not now. Um, and then as far as from the producer advice, if someone is trying to, um, to get into this world, um, you know, it's sweat equity. Um, it's very important, right? Um, and don't, if you really want to get into this world um, and learn a lot about producing, it's, you know, cause it can be super, uh, for a lot of folks, they hear the word producer, executive producer, or lead producer, and they're like, oh my gosh, it's gotta be so glamorous and all, you know, all of that. Um, there are a lot of things that I've done that I'm like, is this a producer's life? This is crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, you know? yeah like, I, I was learning about it all earlier this week. Cause when you, hear the word producer, you think the stereotypical, uh, they're sitting in the chair on the other side of the studio, watching it on their phones, talking to somebody, trying to change something in the script, you know, but it's not like that at all. Some producers are just rich people that believe in you. That's like, oh, I love this idea here. Here's $2 million, you know? 
Yeah. And that's the thing is some producers are the investors, the key investors who get to say yay, nay, you know, things like that. But then, you know, from the nonprofit world side, um, the theater world, um, there are many decisions that it's it's more so of the vision, right? They have to keep the company's vision in mind um, alongside the directors, along working with all of these, the different production team members, the production houses. Um, and, and it's really having to say yes, no at the right time. Um, and there's never a right time, right? But you just always have to keep everybody's perspective in mind. So a lot of those small decisions can have, um, a lot of impact on the success of the show and on the relationships between people, right? And the company. So those are, you know, it's dealing with a lot of people, a lot of different personalities and making it all work together cohesively for the better of the company and the better of the artistic vision of that particular show. So that's, that's one way of looking at it. I, you know, if they have opportunities to shadow producers, I would, I would definitely, you know, if, if they're young, young folks, I would say reach out via LinkedIn or whatever nonprofit or um, theater house um, that they work for and say, hey, can I come and gift you volunteer time? But I would also like to learn the following, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that those key internships and volunteer time and or can I just sit if the answer is no, then it's can I sit in on a meeting, just, you know, a production meeting so that I can watch to see what, you know, a producer's life is really like. And sometimes they may say yes or OK, you can sit in on this production meeting and or these other external things. Um, and again, pull what you love from each. Every producer is different. And like you said, there's different roles that they play. Right. But. I would say my best piece of advice is ask for that time, um, but make sure to know that it is you are it's sweat equity. You will be asked to do things right to volunteer, but you can you also have that leverage of saying, great, but I want to learn X, Y, Z. Don't be afraid to ask. Yeah. I want to learn the following. Yeah, I encourage everybody to get on the other side of the camera because when people sit here well rounded they automatically sing act and dance but there's way more things in that have to do with acting there's set design costuming producing writing behind the camera directing mm -hmm. you know like learn it all you know what i mean mm -hmm. i agree and yeah and make sure yeah because i mean some what some people don't understand is like just even from how you get to selecting a season to the final, you know, culminating performance of each production, right? And how they all fit together um, and why the, the producers decided to, you know, to create, to choose the seasons. Like that's always really interesting to me because people go, oh, they probably just sat down and they were like, I like this show. I like that show. And that's great. And whatever, you know, there's so many small minute details that go into choosing a season that people aren't, you know, aware of. Like, you know, right now we, we're looking and we're, t you know, gauging the temperature of our city, you know, because we're in the middle of this cultural revolution. We're really paying mm -hmm. attention to what people want to see versus what we want to offer, right? Um, for us, when we're selecting a season, it's it's about listening to the community and saying, okay, what do they really want to see from us? Does that align with our mission, right? And do we have the folks in the community that can deliver that innovative product? 
Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I never thought that much thought went into a season. Yeah. And it's crazy. Cause I'm like, how did you, cause sometimes it's just like the coolest season ever. And you're like, Oh my God, you just probably watched. And you know, and it's like, you have to take out this show if you take out this show, but if you add this show, now you have to do this other show. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Now, how did you, have you seen Hamilton yet? Oh, I, was so lucky to see it with the original cast um, uh, years ago. And my favorite story that I tell people is that, so I was able to, I received a gift, two tickets, fourth row, original cast. And we were like, oh my gosh, we have to go stand backstage to see if we can even just take a picture of them, right? Um, and they came out and it was funny because there was a girl, there were three or four people in front of me. And, you know, the group in front of me, I don't know if I can say this, but they were a little, you know, um, they'd had a little too much wine. Um, yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, the girl that was at the front and I was, you know, four people behind her, like they said something and we both rolled our eyes and she was like, oh my God, Amy. And I was like, Stacy, she's like, I've been waiting for you. So she ended up pulling me to the very front row, right? Like at the stage door. Um, And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Where's things? And so they come out, um, and I got an autograph from Lynn, and we were trying to take a picture. For some reason, our cell phone just wasn't working, and he had just won the MacArthur Award, um, and he. I I also had some wine, and I just yeah. met. Um, Mary McDermott um, here in Dallas, right? And so I'm in New York and I'm like, congratulations on your McDermott award. And, you know, he, you know, he continued and he's like, well, I'll be back and to take a picture with you. I was like, yeah, congratulations on your McDermott award. And I was like, oh no, I met MacArthur too much wine. And then he turned around and he was like, "Mm mm-hmm, one too many glug, glug, glug. And I was like, Lynn, did we just banter? And he... (laughs) Right. <laughs> you know, and he's like, we sure did. I was like, great. Everybody heard this, right? So that's my only Lynn story. But <laughs> yeah, I was able to see that him and Christopher Jackson um, and um, Renee Elise, which were amazing. And Christopher Jackson actually came back a few years ago and he was our honorary keynote speaker. So I got to meet him in person and really have like more interaction with him. And he's one of the kindest humans ever. But going back to Hamilton, yes, I've seen it. unfortunately i did get a chance to see the original cast i only saw the uh second cast the one with eagle heart uh Uh, yeah the one that played uh gd uh-huh uh-huh yeah and and, and he was and like no disrespect to uh you know davy because i mean he is an incredible person but I liked his Thomas Jefferson. I think he killed. <laughs> yes, I mean, I I don't think I saw. I've seen Hamilton three times now, um, and I can't remember if I saw him because I did see David. I mean, I saw David, but I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think he was part of the second. Okay. I may have seen him then because I I do. Th- well, maybe not because I I saw Hamilton last year again um, in New York, but. Yeah. Um, and shout out to, um, do you know Akron? Akron Watson? Yeah. He was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. he, but he was in the Chicago cast, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Do you know uh, Clinton Greenspan? Yeah, I've seen him in a few things. I don't, I don't know that we've worked on a project together, but I do know him. Yep, he was, uh, he was Gustavi in uh, in the Heights, and he also went to KD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw, and I saw him at a theater, a few theater three productions, I think. But yeah, I think I saw him in as Gustavi uh, at uh, was it at Colin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I went there for a short period of time myself. So, uh-huh. yeah, I'm kind of proud of that. I'm like, yeah, he was in a college. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lot of wonderful people came from like um, from Quad C. Uh, I was I was in a show with Akron. I didn't go to Colin, but I was asked to to come back and do a show with them. Um, so he we did Romeo and Juliet um, and he was in it. And so was Brian J. Smith. Um, Brian was the I don't know if you uh, oh, he's in so many movies now. Um, yeah. Yeah. So love all of them. Yeah. And we, I can't uh, talk about Colin without shouting out Gail and Shannon. You know, unfortunately, Gail is retiring this year. Oh, no. But uh, yeah, it's not going to be the same. But yeah, Gail and Shannon were definitely uh, two of the main teachers that, you know, I wouldn't be the actor I am today if it wasn't for them. Aww. Well, they're definitely icons. So yes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, do you write? I do not write, no. I mean, I write like, I don't know if you saw, but I do, I rap for, for charity sometimes. Specifically, I started as a joke, and now that's the thing that I have to do, which is weird. I'm not a good rapper, <laughs> but I do write those. Um, I write those raps, fortunately or unfortunately, for the the public. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, you do spit some bars. I mean, they be hot fire. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. But, but I think you should start. Anybody can learn. It's not that hard to do. And I think you should, uh, I think you should start, you know, you never know what you might create. You, you never know. You never know. Because I never thought I was, a, you know, in the, doing these raps, I'm like, okay. Like, I'm like, I like like some of the stuff. But no, I, I typically only write that in, like, my speeches and stuff like that. But other than that, mm-hmm. no. Really. Yeah. And I don't know if you heard this, but they did an interview with Livewell uh, Miranda. And somebody asked him, would you be open for a, a fe- uh, Hamilton as a female character? And he was like, the gauntlet has thrown. I would be talking to that. So you never know. <laughs> you never know if that happens. I'm auditioning. <laughs> literally, literally, if you had, um, if you could direct in one Broadway show and cast mm. it, what would it be? Ooh, that's a great. Um, I have not produced this yet. But I would love to. So I do, I do choreograph, right? Um, and I think uh, my two top favorite shows, um, definitely. I am a Hamilton fan, so it's. I think it would be a, a very close tie between Hamilton or Les Mis. Les Mis Rum. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, there's just so. I mean, from a movement perspective, like I. I would either love to like choreograph, like, I mean, with Hamilton, I'm like, the choreography there is just so sick and so tight, right? Like you just sane. Um, And, you know, with producer wise, I mean, Les Mis has definitely always been on my, on my list. Um, 
So I think definitely, you know, really it's, but to produce that, like it would just, uh, the amount of money to produce it to the level that I want. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of like that scene in uh, um, Mean Girls, the area does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, not yet, but right, it went, it went, (laughs) no, but yeah, there will be one day where we can do it. No, I think those are my two top shows that you know, I mean, of course, Hamilton, the rights are not out yet, but I'm I'm like praying that if it ever does for educational purposes, I, Lynn Manuel Miranda, if you're listening, junior players can do it justice, and I know we've got the right cat, like the right people, right? Um, so that would be. Thing that's a dream. Are Are you allowed to say who would you who you would cast in it? I don't I don't know because I interviewed a uh, Broadway director and she actually picked something that she's going to do and she she didn't want to say who she wanted. <laughs> but uh, are you allowed to say who you would cast in Hamilton if you ever got a chance to do it? Ooh, like on a professional level? Ooh. Um, it, it, like, and, oh. and, and, and mind you, it could be anybody. It could be a famous actor, just anybody yeah. you think that would kill that role. The funny thing is, um, I have a, so when we did, uh, oh, God, he would kill me if I didn't say his name now. Um, have you, I'm sure you know Chris Ramirez, but I think he's so mm-hmm. talented. Um he definitely would be up there, but I, um, for one of Hamilton's, um, but I'd love, um, uh, there's a kid who did Usnavi for us. Um, and I don't think I've seen anyone kill it. I mean, I love Clinton Greenspan. He did a wonderful job. Um, but mm-hmm. from this kid was like 18 and we found him just randomly. Um, and, uh, he, I've never seen anyone do a rendition like he did. Um, and yeah. so, like he would be, you know, um, such a sick, um, uh, Hamilton. Yeah. And Leslie, I mean, <laughs> Leslie's one of my favorites. So I don't know that I would, I would say you have to continue to do this. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Now it's funny because, uh, I took, um, Brad's musical theater class at Colin and I tell people that I feel so good about it because I have seen, heard some of the best renditions of theater songs ever done, even better than the original. Like my friend, um, her name is Julia St. John, and she has sang the best rendition of Burn I have ever heard fight me we were in that that classroom literally transformed like there would be some people that would sing and get critiqued but there were some performances where i would forget i was in a classroom Uh, literally i don't know how to explain it like i would if i had the chance and they like i would probably try and bring some big names in there but if i could i would keep it local right yeah i would be like you're but i'm gonna get your the best, best local so that you know that it's Texas, Dallas, homegrown. And we've got some of the best talent out there because a lot of our people who are out, like you take your Akron's and your Brian's, like I've never, you know, like, I mean, yeah. so I'm just saying like, I think we've got some of the best talent um, nationally. And so I would love if I could do just a local Les Mis with all the money in the world and, you know, on Broadway, um, but with Texas talent. Oh, I think we could totally go. That's what Texas delivered to you. You're welcome. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. All right. More homework time. Are you a fan of Ken Peel? 
I'm like, I'm not to say that I'm not a fan, but I haven't watched. Okay, well, uh, I think you should check this one out. Um, they had a skit called One at a Time, mm -hmm. and it was basically a parody of Late Miz, and they were literally just making fun of like some of the things that Les Mis does like you know how they talk sing yes. in the show yes. well like um he was like what do you have to say for yourself and he was like you know he, he kept interrupting him and he was like when are you gonna stop talking now okay this is my turn I'm gonna say something yeah why won't you let me speak and then um and Hathaway's uh character just oh. comes out of nowhere and then he's like okay where did this bitch come from you know? <laughs> and uh you know and just little things like they point out that for some random reason they're all facing the same direction you know so it's it's just yeah it's called key and peel one at a time right it's hilarious like any lay Miz fan will appreciate that that's funny. i'm gonna go look that one up i mean that's exciting i watched um I mean, even the, I'm a big just Les Mis fan all around, but like the first, mm -hmm. I, I watched it, the first time I watched a performance of it was in London and like, I was just brought to tears. And I mean, ever since then I've been, I mean, I think that was like, oh God, years and years ago. Um, but even the movie, I mean, I, well, and I love Russell Crowe, but no. Uh, but every <laughs> don't 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 do him like okay. The first song was horrible, <laughs> but come on, he wasn't that bad. He wasn't that bad, but I mean, like again, that's one of those examples where like he fit the bill for acting and the look, but the voice wasn't there. <laughs> um, but you know what? It happened, and it wasn't terrible. But everything else was like superb, right? Like in my opinion, I was just like, yes. <laughs> Anne Hathaway was the best oh, one in that movie. Like, that's, a, like, a dream role, right? Like, I'm not a singer, but, and I would, like, I, mm. yeah, but dream role. Yeah. Speaking of dream roles, if you could sing, what would be some of your dream roles on uh, Broadway? I know you would pick uh, um, Maria in West Side Story. Right. Or um, what's, what's her name? Uh the chick from In the Heights. Oh, um, uh, the one that sings "Breathe." Yes, yes. Oh my gosh, why am I blanking yeah. on um, Snobby Vanessa and oh god, what is her name? <laughs> uh, I mean, I can. I'm already like singing the lyrics, right? Like, uh, yeah. Hold on, let me fact check. Let's see, fact check. What is it? <laughs> yeah. uh, oh my god. Nina, 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 yes, Nina is definitely one of those that I would love. Um, definitely, I think just the character, the arc of the character, right? Um, mm -hmm. beautiful, and I think that's something that like I relate to because I'm a first generation um, graduate, like of high school and college. So, um, love that story. Um, mm -hmm. I would love to play Mimi in Rent. Um, oh, yes. I, yeah, I think that's a dream role. Um, I think you'd be perfect for that role, actually. Yeah, I think, I mean, I love, like, I love to dance. I'm a good dancer. And so, like, I, yeah. like that would be really fun. Um, and then a dream, uh, you said Broadway, not theater. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
I could sing. Um, it could be theater too. You know, something that like, I mean, I don't know that like, I've always wanted to play Iago in Othello mm -hmm. <laughs> because uh, I have just the complexity of that character. The, sometimes people just want to go very like he is the villain in this particular, you know, show and production. But I'm like, there's so much like there's so many layers of that character that I'm like, um, you know, so that would require some gender bending. But I think it definitely works um, as a female yeah. character. So yeah. Well, I think I think nowadays more people are shining away from I don't want to call it tradition, but more people are realizing that gender bending and, you know, race isn't a big issue, you know, because some shows you watch, uh, the characters could be any race, like Mark from Rent is traditionally white, mm -hmm. but Sammy Davis Jr. and drake are both jewish and i forget the um guy that played uh mark in rent live but you know i screamed when i found out an african-american was um jordan fisher yeah. Uh, yeah i screamed when i found out he was playing mark because mark is like my dream role i've played it before and it's like you know, I just, Rent is like in my top three musicals, but, you know, I just felt good. I was like, yes, they hired somebody of color for that role. Yes, that's exciting. I always get excited when that happens because I'm like, you know, let's see, let's see how this shapes this different, how, or how it, um, how it really makes a difference, right? Um, and tell, yeah. tell a different narrative as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now there was a theater in Dallas that did an all white hairspray. That's no. not what I mean. No, no I, just, I agree with that. No, 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 no. <laughs> you, you know, I, I, I don't know how that works, but that's not what I no. mean by taking your old vision. Okay. Something, Something are traditional. Right. Yeah. I had someone go, can you do like an all white Othello? And I was like, that's not how that works. <laughs> Yeah, you know. <laughs> so. I mean, I mean, you might be able to get away with a white Mimi. I don't know. She could be adopted. <laughs> but yeah, hairspray, you kind of, especially the topic at hand, like maybe what? they did blondes versus brunettes. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> definitely. That's funny. Yeah. No, I, we don't, I mean, diversity in casting is definitely something that we're working for and towards, especially right now, you know? Um. So I think that's something that we've actually, we, you know, we continue to super seek diversity um, in our casting, like in our production teams, uh, you know, so across, you know, from the, the top of the ladder down, because it's important to see yourself on stage. It's important to see people leading of color, you know, who are of color. Um, so that representation is key. So I hope people continue yeah. to push that envelope. Yeah, we're definitely getting better, you know, e even from like a money standpoint, like people are sick of seeing the same thing. So if you push all Asian or all Latina cash, it, it, it cast is definitely going to blow up at the box office just because we're sick of seeing the same faces over and over, you know, I agree. I agree. And then it's supporting it, right? Not just saying I want to see it, but actually going. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Now, what's your most embarrassing theater moment? Ooh, theater moment. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. There's always that fear of, like, you forgetting something on, like, 
that line on stage, right? And like, do you forget? <laughs> <laughs> you skip an entire scene. I don't think I've ever had that, but I've had like, oh, what's my line? And it seems like an you know infinity uh, yeah. lifetime. Um, I think my most embarrassing theater moment is probably a lesson for many young folks and you know folks my age and older. Right? It's that professionalism in the sense of like, no matter how busy you are. Um, when you make a commitment, make sure you write it down. Even, at, you know, sometimes actors were always like, we have this and we have that. And then I've got to go make this audition and I've got to go do this. So I think I was a little young, too big for my britches. And it, it's definitely a, a, a rookie mistake. Um, I was, I think it was my junior year in college. Um, and I was doing a show for, currently in a show for Shakespeare Dallas. I was playing Mariah um, in Twelfth Night. And I had gotten a call back for uh, a Kitchen Dog Theater show. Um, and I won't get into the nitty gritty of who and what, um, even though I've shared this story with that particular director. Um, we're, <laughs> we're colleagues right now, we're colleagues, which is weird. Um, but back then I was young and I was like, oh my gosh, I had a callback and I am sitting there in rehearsal. I double booked, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm in rehearsal and I'm like, oh my God, I should be at a callback right now <laughs> like and I just didn't say anything and I just you know I even through like our break I didn't even want to call the theater which you should have done you know I think they would have been um if I communicated I think they would have yeah. you know forgiven me a little bit right given me a little bit more grace um yeah I know how you feel I've been in this situation so many times but you get scared you sniff up you don't know what to do you don't know, you know what to do and instead of like me calling that day or the next day I waited an entire week to like muster the courage to like email the director and still for some reason I requested like to be seen <laughs> and um, he taught me a very valuable lesson. Um, you know, we're good friends now, but it definitely, you know, I did go, I did get a call back, but it was, you know, I knew that I was there just to, to wait it out. If that makes any sense. Like I, can't, yeah. you know, I didn't get the role of course, but I learned a very valuable lesson about scheduling. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, what's your greatest theater moment? Mm, my greatest theater moment. Um, let me think, let me think. Um, you know, I've really been lucky to be in a lot of great productions with some amazing, amazing people. I'm gonna, uh, I can't always do one, I always have two, right? Um, one was for junior players. Um, so I'm a product of this program, right? Um, and so I started doing a sh uh, my time in Shakespeare um, and, I was able to, the director um, could not choose between myself and another um, female actor um, for the roles of um, Rosalind and Celia in As You Like It. Um, and again, it was one of those things that where the director felt they're both equally as talented. They both delivered. I mean, um, we are kind of looking very similar, right? Um, but we grew up in 
such different um, socioeconomic sides of the spectrum, right? Um, and so they ended up double casting us, they, you know, and asking us, do you think you could handle both lead roles? And of course our answer was yes, <laughs> you know? And so we became the best of friends and we were, you know, able to really grow together, but it was challenging, right? The two lead roles at the age of 18 and all of that, and we rose to the occasion. So that's been one of my favorite, um, educational experiences um, of all time. Um, and then, and, and because it also gifted me the opportunity of a lifelong friend who, you know, she grew up in Highland Park and I came from, you know, my parents are blue collar workers. I grew up in Dallas, you know, um, and so we're still, we still keep in touch. I mean, like she sent me a Facebook message a few, you know, weeks ago, just saying, you know, whatever you're doing in Dallas, I support you, love everything that's happening. Same thing she's doing a killer job in New York right now. So kudos to you, um, my dear friend. Um, and so, yeah, so we were, um, Jessica Engelskan, I don't know if you know her, but she's a wonderful, talented actress. Um, and then the second one, I think because it also dealt with a little bit of diversity and access, um, Terry Martin was um, the director for, was it Water Tower, uh, Our Town. It was kind of cool because he was doing, an, you know, a very just um, raw version of this. And he calls me up and he said, you know, I've seen some of your work and would love to have you as Rebecca. And, you know, he starts naming off some of the, the wonderful talent like Emily. Oh, gosh, I'm blanking on the name right now, but uh, last name, but uh, Emily Banks, right? And like a, like a, a Joey. And so all of those people, and I'm thinking, I'm like, mm, but they're all white, right? Like I was like, and I, I'm supposed to play like the daughter and whatever. And he was like, I don't care what the color of your skin is. He's like, you are talented. That's why I'm calling you, you know? And so I was like, oh, that's great. <laughs> you know? And so it was, it kind of, that was a great learning experience from like a producer aspect right um and it, it was funny because i think i was in my mid-20s i was like you want me to play a 14 year old okay i guess <laughs> or i think an 11 year old at that time and but it worked so yeah nice nice i really wish you could sing man i uh, i usually close the show out with a game of uh, a song association, but I guess we can't play it now. Because mm -hmm, I am embarrassed <laughs> of singing. <laughs> I'll work on yeah. that the next time. <laughs> Definitely. Or, or how about this? I'll, I'll play it with you. You you choose the words and, and I'll sing. How about that? Oh, that works. Okay, so what am I doing? Just giving you words? Okay, so basically the way the game is played, you give me a word uh -huh. and I have to sing a song uh, with the word in the title or in the song somewhere in there. It doesn't have to be the chorus, so. So wait, so hold on, repeat that for me one more time. I think you cut out, so. I said, um, you give me a word, I have to sing a song with the word in the title okay. or the song. It doesn't have to be in the chorus, but it has to be in there somewhere. Okay, cool. All right, mm -hmm. how many words? Just uh, we'll start off with five. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, right. Cool. Um, jump. <laughs> I don't know. Jump. Yeah. Um. Uh. Let's see. Jump for my love. Jumping. 
yeah, I don't know who sings that, but yeah, jump. Awesome, cool. Um, forever. Um, forever and ever, you'll always be odd, and I will love you forever, <laughs> forever. I didn't want to go that old school. I'm trying to. I'm just, I've sung nothing but eighty songs so far, so I'm, I was trying to get uh, you know uh, another one, but that's all I can think of at the moment. That's funny. Um, that was really good. Good job. I was like, I think there's a few there. Um, spell. Twenty fifth annual. Um, the the annual spelling bee. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, I don't know. Um, love. Let's see where you go with that. Ooh, L is for the way you look at me. L is for the only one I see. Love Nat King Cole. I know that. I know that one. Yeah. One more. And hey, how about because we have it right now, time. Time. Um why do you write like you're running out of time? Why do you write like you're running out of time? Why do you work like you're running out of time? Like you're running out of time. Uh, I forget what song that is from Hamilton nonstop, I think. Yes, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, definitely. But to answer your question, uh, I'm actually working on a TV show that I wrote with uh, a director of mine. Um, She's not known or anything, but she's a Texas native. And I I really like her vision. She reminds me of a young female Jordan Peele and you know if that says something you know so I really like her um vision that I'm working with a uh photographer as well her name is Rachel and she has a magazine that's out called uh Phosphate it's self-published it's very like um medieval Game of Thrones uh uh, think um, American Horror Story Coven. Oh, you know, wow. it's very Louisiana, grotesque, gory, but yet beautiful at the same time. Because I believe you can find beauty in you know everything. Okay. You know, so yeah, I'm working on it with those three, and I'm working on writing a musical um, pretty soon. Yes. I don't know if you know uh, Abby Collins. I don't know Abby, but the name sounds familiar. But that's yeah. Funny. She went to um, Colin College. She actually has a band called uh, Abby and the Afternoon. Not in this and the Afternoon. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to call her because there's a song that I'm uh, my friend gave to me and I want to like remix it into a jazzy version. So I need help with that. But um, yeah, so I'm definitely working on a musical and it's, I love working on musicals and things like that because when you start writing it and the time you finish writing, it's usually a completely different musical. And that's the thing I like about, I've noticed about a lot of writers. They're like, okay, I'm gonna sit down 
and I'm gonna write this. Here's my skeleton. And by the time it's done and you're ready to show the world, it's literally, I mean, some aspects of it is in there, <laughs> but it's literally the opposite of what you, you know, like right now is taking place in the 1930s. Think Hamilton, Chicago, and Rent and Shrek the Musical had a kid. It's all in there, you know, That's but, awesome. the, but, yeah, but the time period can change uh, at any time. And I'm also, uh, I can't say who, but I'm also talking to some people to try to uh, get more entertainment avenues up and running as well. You know, trying to convince people that, hey, the pandemic isn't a bad time to release stuff. You know, and we do want to go to the movies, you know, and practice social distancing right. at the same time. So, yeah, I'm working on that, too. Well, that's a, the great thing, right? Like now what it's forcing us to do is how can we create this art for the normal pre-pandemic or what that looks like post-pandemic, but pandemic. So you have two versions of it. So I say still, I'm excited to see your work. Yeah, and I'm excited. Like, I'm so glad. And one thing that I noticed about the pandemic, it's really humbled a lot of uh a lot of companies, like a lot of uh, these big companies like BET and um, I want to say uh, Fox News and Channel, uh, you know, ABC, they're actually working with uh, young podcasters and, you know, YouTubers to try to, you know, get stuff out there because they notice, yes, there's bigger YouTubers, there's influencers out there. But there's also influencers that are slightly less famous, mm -hmm. famous, but slightly less famous. So uh, I'm glad that they're actually taking time to work with people like that. Yeah. And get their yeah. stuff out. You never know these hidden, you know, TikTok gems. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. I haven't made one yet. I should probably, you know, get on there, you know. Oh, well, you should. I think, you know, even if it's just at least as a buzz, right, to build the buzz for like what you're currently doing, I think that would be fun. Nice. Yes. Well, it's been a great pleasure talking to you. Thank you yeah. so much for giving me, you know, a little bit of your time. And I love what you're doing to, for the theater community as well. well. Thank you. I appreciate you. I'm honored to have this. So just, uh, keep me posted if you need anything else, but it's been awesome. Nice, nice. And if you ever wanted to come back and promote a show, you know, feel free to do so. Awesome. I definitely will let you know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Let me know when you want to, when you're going to drop this. And then that way we, on our end, we can also, um, we can also put that out on our social media forums and my, and my stuff as well. Definitely. I definitely will. All right. Talk to you later. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.